Good evening and welcome into the Horseshoe, where things are never boring covering Ohio State. This is Rapid Reaction, is brought to you by Byers Auto. It was Ohio State 59, Akron 7, and that is just the beginning of the story. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, and Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. As we get into this one, okay, this was supposed to be a blowout. Maybe a little bit of intrigue when you started another freshman quarterback, Kyle McCord, and he throws for 300 yards and up and down a little bit, but a, a solid performance. That's supposed to be what we're focusing on uh, as Ohio State works out the kinks ahead of Big Ten play next week. But instead, uh, we get another sideshow with Kayvon Pope uh, blowing up and melting down on the sideline in the second quarter, uh, appearing to quit the team, and then uh, returning briefly to the sideline and then being told that he needed to leave. So there's no other way, no other place that we can start. We will talk about the actual football, but that was one of the weirdest things I have ever seen in this building. Uh, I mean, there's lessons to be learned in it for sure. One of them is that when a kid wants to quit the team for three straight years, at some point you just have to let him. Um, you know, another point I guess is that, you know, we talked on, on Wednesday night's practice report about how Kayvon Pope maybe needed to see the field more. Yeah. And, and the reason that he hasn't seen the field more is, has never been because of what Kayvon Pope did on Saturdays. It's always been what he does the other six days of the week. And, and, a, and a program like Ohio State, you have to be a teammate every day. And uh, you, you get a, a glimpse into what the problem has been over the last few years when you see a kid willing to walk out on his teammates halfway through the second quarter when the Buckeyes are playing their best game of the year, the defense is flying around, and instead of celebrating with his teammates, uh, he's making it about him. And, and unfortunately, those are the types of tough decisions that oh, Ryan Day is going to have to make. I, I, I was thinking to myself, like, what would Nick Saban do in that situation? I think he did that tonight. Yeah. Ryan Day was uh, quite upset when he saw Kayvon Pope return to the team. And C.J. Barnett had tried to manage that situation, talking about, hey, be a good teammate, come back. I don't know exactly what was said. I did we talked to C.J. Barnett briefly after the game and about how weird some of that was. But once he got back over there, he was clearly no longer welcome, and Ryan Day made that very clear. And, I, and, and something that Burma's talked about, Spencer, here and referenced, well, we've said the reason he's not been on the field is that there's not a trust that he will handle his assignment on Saturday the way it's always drawn up. That is what transpires when you maybe miss workouts or miss assignments or, or have issues in practice and don't show up with that same attitude. The coaching staff has to trust you to put in those situations, and they didn't, and now that'll be the end of this story. This is also what happens when after the Minnesota game, when everybody's celebrating a good, hard, you know, win on the road in conference play, you get on Twitter and the first thing you see is, you know, what was it, SMH dot 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 from Kayvon Pope. Everybody else is like, good team win, want to know, back at it. And you got one guy, one guy on the roster who's on that plane ride home and he's got a sour taste in his mouth. Like, what are you doing? And we know exactly what he was doing. He was being selfish. He was, you know, uh, the kind of guy that everybody wants to talk about. There's a, a controversy about players running off the field for Carmen, Ohio. This guy wants to quit in the middle of the second quarter. Like, are you kidding me? Like, well, at he, some point, like, you know, you just got to let the guy walk, like you guys said. Just let him go. Yeah, but the 40, years, thing, 40 years you've been covering this team. So. Yeah, since 1984, I've been covering it every year and uh, uh, never seen anything like this, uh, really. It stunned all of us as we're sitting here watching. You're going, oh, he's going to take about 10 steps. He's going to turn around and come back. And uh, uh, and he didn't. He went all the way down. And like you said, C.J. Barnett talked him into coming back. And then he was told he was persona non grata. You saw Brian Voltolini uh, deliver that message to him in no uncertain terms. And uh, I think C.J. Barnett walked him back off the field. But 
The point is, it's kind of like when you hit your thumb with a hammer and then you hit it again. Boy, the linebacker core this week with Dallas Gantt leaving right. or entering the portal, and then now with this, I mean, if there's a crew within this team that really doesn't need attrition right now by almost any form, it would be that linebacker crew. Except tonight you saw Steel Chambers make two form tackles right in the gap. I mean, I'm just rolling into the game now, and uh, you know, maybe there is light at the end of the tunnel for this group, but it's definitely, I would say, very shallow at the moment in terms of just personnel. Real quick, before linebackers. Before Austin gets to finally talk, this is the kind of thing I think, though, that is addition by subtraction. Like if Kayvon Pope did not want to be on this team, sure, I got Dallas Gant would would rather test the waters somewhere else. You know, he hasn't played his four games. He hasn't seen how his role could develop if it could develop. I don't know if there's a conversation about, hey, you might want to, you know. If, if you're not you're not going to be playing very much, do you want to move on? You know that's those are real conversations. But when you have guys in your room, in a room that's thin but is struggling, but is, try, is trying to find its way, if you have two guys in there or one guy in there that's that's holding you back, just cut cut ties with it, and you're going to be better off for it in two weeks, in three weeks. And I know this is a thin unit, so it's really hard to do that. And I think that's part of the balancing act of these veterans that are unhappy with their playing time. But at the same time, these young guys are starting to fly around. They're starting to get it figured out. And there's no reason to keep, uh, you know, these these you know rotten apples in the cart. It's just co- coincidence that it came to head for both of those guys in the same week. It's really interesting. <laughs> well, one was by design and one was not. The, yeah. the outcome may have been the same for both of them either way. but. As you look at this, we knew no matter what was going to happen tonight, there were going to be a lot of young guys playing. And that starts at linebacker. I mean, the quarterback conversation, we're going to get into that quickly, I promise. But, you know, Cody Simon is coming along. For all of the critics of early growing pains for Tommy Eichenberg, he had flashes where he showed why he was on the field. And he's, I think, you know, Spencer, we've pointed out a couple passes that he broke up over the last couple weeks. And no, the tackle totals are not what anybody wants. Um, but this, you know, the same way that Ohio State talks about a true freshman quarterback and dealing with growing pains is true at every other position. Uh, I don't know what kind of player he's going to wind up being Tommy Eichenberg. He hasn't been off to the same kind of start that Cody Simon has, but you know, Steel Chambers is working through that, getting into the rotation. Taraja Mitchell, I thought, had one of his more active games. Wasn't perfect either. Um, that, that linebacker group is probably going to stay the most inconsistent part of this team. And will that bite Ohio State? I don't know. There, there were signs of progress defensively. Tim said it last week, and I will say it tonight. I know it's Akron, and I know there was a touchdown drive earlier in the game, but these young guys are certainly playing with a lot more energy, definitely enough that you think maybe in a few weeks this product could look a lot better. Yeah, and I don't want to sit here and all, you know, pile on to Kayvon Pub. That's a tough situation. You've been here for sure. three years. You've been waiting patiently. And then you find out these other people are – Maybe better, and that's that's tough. That's a tough situation for Dallas Gantt to figure out. Hey, maybe after all this time waiting, waiting behind four guys over the last four years, that I maybe when you finally get that chance, there's better guys coming up, and that 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 hurts. I understand, um, but we saw the difference in maturity level with the way Dallas Gantt handled it and the way Kayvon Pope handled it, uh, and, and that's you know it's unfortunate that the kid needs to have some obviously someone to kind of. You know, rein him in and say, "Hey, dude, let's." There are ways to to go about your business, and this, that's just not it. And you know, for Ohio State, it, it's a program that has been so mature over the last few years. 
Uh, I can't help but wonder how much last year with the COVID year and those kids specifically, Gant and Pope, losing opportunities to get meaningful reps last year really kind of bled into this year. And then with the defensive struggles, you got to put the guys out there that, are, that are, are doing the right things day in, day out. And again, Kayvon Pope has done it on Saturdays. He's made plays whenever he's been on the field. But if you don't do it every other day, it doesn't matter. All right, let's start a basically new rapid reaction brought to you by Byers Auto. Kyle McCord, first start, he's got a win. He's got a 300-yard passing day. He's got an interception that uh, I think clearly irritated Ryan Day, although you know, we've had this situation that they talked about before with C.J. Stroud in Minnesota. Like, hey, you might throw four touchdowns, might throw four picks. That's the situation. Um, the way he kind of evaluated tonight, though, was different. I think, I don't know if he wanted to see more, if he was, uh, how that ties into the C.J. Stroud of it all with his shoulder and, and, and trying to manage the quarterback situation moving forward. I don't know. I thought Kyle McCord played, played pretty well. He was shaky coming out early, uh, the same way that Stroud was at Minnesota. Um, High with some throws, made a, a bad decision on the interception. Uh, they got him into a little a rhythm a little bit. I, I I don't know if you guys know this, but I love the pop pass, and I don't know why it seems like a good one. Finished from the Ohio State offense, but I think uh, deep down, if you're Ryan Day, you have to take this as a good sign, just in case C.J. Stroud's shoulder does not let him play uh, next Saturday night. Which at this point, I I think he will probably be healthy based on what we saw tonight. Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon, excuse me. Um, Leading into the evening. I I think that what you saw was a kid who came out a little bit amped up at the start of the game. Uh, You know, he he then makes that backwards pass that loses five yards on on his uh, second pass, and you're like, okay, that's not great. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm glad Ohio State gave him an opportunity to get in rhythm. I liked that at the end of the first half, Ryan Day called the timeouts, got him the ball back, and let him get the ball down the field because that's what Kyle really – and where he's going to excel. Uh, I'm telling you what, though, being on the field, you can hear the ball a little bit different when Kyle McCord throws it than when, like, C.J. Stroud does. It's it, just the cool air. You know, it was a little bit. It was a little bit more of that Dwayne Haskins pop. I mean, when that ball was hitting Dude, guys in the chest. Yes. I mean, it, it, it is a it 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 gets there quickly. There's a lot of RPMs, and uh, you know, I, I, I think, think they say that he can spin it. The Buckeyes did a great job balancing the offense. They let Travion Henderson go. Get that dude. Is Travion Henderson any good? I think he's good. He is really good at football. And, hey, I want to just say this. Kudos to Jack Miller. He came in and threw the ball pretty well. Obviously, the game was in control, and, and he wasn't under a huge amount of pressure. But for a kid like that making his first college you know, passes, like yeah. he came out and threw the ball well. And I, I think that tonight did exactly what Ohio State needed to do at the quarterback position. Number one. It gives those guys some experience. Number two, it should at least quell the call for Kyle to be the full-time guy or whatever, because I think that we're going to realize there's going to be growing pains no matter which quarterback's on the field. Yeah, I agree. And and that interception was kind of the exhibit A, I guess, of why Kyle McCord maybe hasn't been able to to catch up to C.J. Stroud because – those like that's a true freshman mistake that's not a that's not I don't even think it's a bad mistake because that's just what happens to true freshmen every everybody has those those freshman moments and CJ Stroud yes is a freshman but he's been in the program for 18 months Kyle McCord has not and and so I I think you're going to see those like you said growing pains no matter who the quarterback is but I think they're going to be uh a little bit less of real issues with CJ Stroud than they would be if you threw a true freshman out there but that interception, you know, Austin and I looked at each other and we were like, yeah, that, that's what's going to happen to this Ryan Day pulled him off the field, Tim, and he said, and he, Ryan had that look on his face that I'm going to choke you with my eyes look, and then he stopped himself and he said, 
what did you see? And, and that, like, it, you could tell there was a moment where he was super mad about it. <laughs> yeah. And then he realized, okay, freshman quarterback, what did you see? Sometimes a freshman quarterback or a first-time player sees something and does it anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like a little kid. I mean, like, like, your, like my grandson. And goes, what, I, what I took from this, I even asked Ryan at, about it after the game. And, he, you know, I know he feels better about his backup quarterback situation than he did four hours ago as we, video, as we videotape this or video, whatever we're doing it, uh, recording it. Because he's got now, he has both of his quarterbacks, uh, backup quarterbacks have thrown passes in real games. Uh, Kyle McCord has played in his first college game ever. And then on top of that, uh, yes, Ronnie Hickman, play of the night in my opinion, just, just ridiculous, that interception and return. But with their backup quarterback and then third string quarterback, they beat this team 59-7 exactly the way they were supposed to beat this team. That's I'm talking about Akron. More than beat the spread. That's gotta that's gotta make you feel pretty good in the sense that you've got some guys with some confidence now who you weren't even sure about whether they would wet their pants, you know, uh, going into a game. And now you've got that going for it, and you've got C.J. Stroud sitting there. You don't feel as bad about sitting him for a week because he got his rest that he definitely needed, as we've been pointing out, and you especially. Awesome, or excuse me, Austin. Uh, forever, something's wrong. You know, hitching his get along. So I think I think Ohio State leaves here. Saw a defense that really stiffened after the first couple of possessions. Figured out how to made adjustments to stop that quarterback run scramble, and then an offense that put 52 of the 59 points on the board. Got to feel pretty damn good about that. All right. So Tim says Ronnie Hickman. I say the Buckeye who maybe impressed me the most with his effort tonight was. Not one of the young guys. It was the veteran Haskell Garrett. I think yeah. that that was the pass rush <laughs> had not been there. It was almost non-existent. And part of the problem was that there wasn't a lot of it from the defensive tackles collapsing the pocket. And I know that the level of competition is different, but those were the plays that Haskell Garrett made routinely last year, and that's what made him an All-American. They were missing in the last three weeks. So he brought that that energy, that passion. You could, it was unmistakable. Uh, obviously. Stats are the sacks. Stats and sacks are not always going to be there for a defensive tackle in his position. But this is now the second, I think, three sack game of his career. And yeah. you know, if Ohio State's dealing with injuries, you know, Tyreek Smith didn't play tonight. Javante Jean Baptiste didn't play tonight. Teron Vincent didn't play. There's more. No, Potter didn't. I yeah, mean, there's obviously geez. there's an emphasis on the young guys playing more. But there is going to be everything put on the shoulders of a senior captain, All-American, and Haskell Garrett took that challenge tonight and was the, leading that charge that both of you guys predicted that Ohio State would get that, that pass oh, going. I was so close. You were very close. I was, I was not close on my <laughs> prediction on who would get the sacks, but I was. I knew they were going to juice it up. So Haskell Garrett uh, gets some credit for me. Plus they were overmatched. They overmatched that offensive line. That was not Oregon's offensive line. Yeah, I, I liked that I got to see Lathan Ransom at the deep safety for a good portion of the game. I think that's going to be a key part of things moving forward for Ohio State because it has to be. Somebody has to be. Bryson Shaw did, you know, fine when he was in the game, but Lathan Ransom's going to have to be that guy for Ohio State. And I, I told this to Spencer, he was on the field in the fourth quarter, and I'm going to probably regret it at some point for saying oh, it. Good. But here we go. Yeah. My, oh, yeah. my favorite part of the defense tonight was Michael Hall getting a <laughs> taunting penalty for the slashing, and then J.K. Johnson getting a taunting penalty after absolutely obliterating someone. Uh, because I just you've think. You've been listening to Bob too much. Paging Bobby Carpenter. I think there are some this guys defense on this team. has to have 
attitude. And they and, and the young guys have an edge. Michael Hall, Tyreek Williams. When Tyreek Williams got his, the sack at the end here, I was like, I thought it was going to be a roughing the passer. In the NFL, it would have been because he landed on him. Yeah. Uh, but you know, as we go back to the beginning of the show, uh, we watched at the final play of the game. Darian Henry Young gets a sack to end the game, and I watched seventy players run off the field excited as hell for a kid who struggled to get on the field, who has not been able to live up to his recruiting expectations. And that's what college football is supposed to be about. And I think that I, I don't want people to leave and want, let, let go of this game and think about the Kayvon Pope thing only because it matters to the rest of these kids that they're all going through this together. They're all trying to get better together. Um, I, I think Ronnie Hickman's turning into a superstar in front of our eyes. Um, I, I think that Haskell Garrett is the key to the defense and has been I want to sum something up though for you guys because I'm getting this I'm getting this vibe. I think y'all y'all thought y'all had a feeling the Kevon Pope thing was going to happen sooner or later, right? I mean, from the standpoint of it's just it happened in front of 95, 96,000 people in yeah. the TV audience, mm-hmm. which is why you have to talk about it. Number one, it's like a crash in a race car uh, in a real race as opposed to a practice. Right. Uh, so that's why you have to touch on it. But it was an looked like it was going to be inevitable because a lot of things are happening. Uh, you know, I hope people understand it as they watch this. Steel Chambers, man. Woo. Yeah. Oh, my I, goodness. Form tackle right in the hole twice. I, just, I don't I'm – so, I'm sorry. I, I know you love talking about Steel Chambers, but I just want to say, like, yeah. uh, the like kid that. the kid should have been playing linebacker when he got here, and I think that's a firm example of someone who understood that – And by spring ball at the latest. I think that yeah. they let that go on too. Yeah. Like, it, it, he, he should have been doing it three years ago, and I'm – as, a, as opposed to leaving the program and trying to go play running back somewhere else, he, he said, I'm going to make the change. And now he might he, he has a role. Yeah, he's made, he's made a really nice transition. But I, there's a couple guys that you kind of have to mention on this show. Craig Young is starting to play really well. He's a little limited in, in his yeah. action. He's not on the field as much as some of these other guys. Craig Young's really starting to play well. Cody Simon is he's going to be special. Like He's really, really coming on. I wanted to say Tyler Williams' name and then Steele. Like, these guys are all starting to emerge, but the one guy that, that just kind of popped that, that I have to talk about is Emeka Ibuka. Like, put the ball in his hands. Some, somehow, some way, get him the ball. Like, yeah. he, I, I, I know, know that... Pop pass. Yeah. I know that I know he's that there's explosive. these Throw really wide open. these oh, yeah. really talented wide receivers on the field, and how I don't, mad does he? Like I know we didn't get to talk to him after the game, but how mad do you think he is that he goes all that way <laughs> and, and gets knocked down just at the two-yard line? Just about eight uh, yards. From all you got to do right is just now. dive. But that's the kind of guy. Like I know the receivers are so talented. I I don't think Ohio State should take any of them off the field. But as a nice change of pace, after uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba catches a 27-yard pass over the middle. Put Emeka Buka in there and get him the ball because good things are going to happen. He's almost housed a couple kickoffs. He almost had a touchdown here. Like You're starting to see him become comfortable with the ball in his hands in a college football setting, and I think that's a really scary thing I moving forward. I thought tonight was going to be the night I got to see my man Marvin Harrison Jr. really take off, and uh, it didn't happen. But Emeka Buka had his moment. But uh, you know, I, I just think this is interesting because the offensive line came out and once again and played big time. Matt Jones has solidified himself at least as a sixth man, sixth if in man. fact. Yeah, I think we all expect him to be that guy. But you know who the luckiest person in the world was tonight in the football game? Toby Wilson. No, no, Toby Wilson, kudos to that young Played man. well. Yeah. Preferred walk-on but coming in the second season. the guy that made the interception because DeWan Jones was pell-mell headed his way and still sort of like touched him, but the kid got tackled just before DeWan Jones got there. 
that was a mountain coming his way. It was unbelievable. Well, he'll live to see another week. The Buckeyes will head into the next <laughs> yeah, that's one. one way of putting it. At Rutgers, uh, as Berm pointed out for me, a Saturday afternoon uh, in beautiful Piscataway, New Jersey. Can't wait. It's going to be another interesting week uh, as Ohio State gets ready back to Big Ten play. They handled their business uh, with a plum, as Tim might say, 59-7 to uh, over Akron. We're going to wrap up rapid reaction with that, get ready for another one as uh, Big Ten play resumes. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Find all of our work at Letterman Row, part of the On3 network. You can subscribe right now for $10 for an entire year. And we appreciate everyone for hanging out with us right here on another Rapid Reaction brought to you by Myers Auto. We will see you next week. Ignite your passion for discovery at the COSI Science Festival May 1st through the 4th. Experience three days packed with interactive community events featuring exhibits, live demos, and engaging conversations with experts in science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And on Saturday, May 4th, join us for the free Big Science Celebration featuring over 100 exhibitors, all with interactive activities to share. And of course, there will be larger-than-life science demonstrations, live music, and more from 11 a.m. until 5 p.m. just outside of COSI. Visit COSIScifest.org to to learn more.